Thanks for listening to Marketing B2B Tech, the podcast from Napier where you can find out what really works in B2B marketing today. Welcome to another episode of Marketing B2B Technology, the podcast from Napier. Today, I've got Rene Guardian uh, with us. Uh, Rene is the CTO of a uh, relatively new, certainly for um, us outside of the Netherlands, um, company that offers a um, webinar platform. Welcome to the podcast, Remy. Thanks for having me. It's, it's, an, it's an honor. It's great to have you. Um, I, I'm really interested, Remy. I mean, we've seen a huge interest in terms of um, webinars um, across all of our clients, um, particularly due to people being locked down from COVID. Do you think that uh, what I can only call the webinar phenomenon is, is something that's going to be long term? Or is the use of webinars going to decay as people get more freedom? I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be long term. Um, we've seen a, a slow but organic uh, de- increase in demand in webinars as a concept over the last five years or so. And the last few months have been, uh, we see like a, a, a huge increase compared to uh, the years before. And the reason why it's going, probably going to stay is for me twofold. It's one that organizations in this time where we're sort of forced to do more of our communication remotely, they see that it has added value. They see that it works. It probably works best for many organizations as a, as a complementary to the um, to the face-to-face uh, to face-to-face communication. But the other part of it is also like our audience, like our uh, people nowadays follow way more online content and consume on online content than they did before. So if I would have like uh, a training or something in a couple of months, I would probably as a attendee or as, as ask myself, can't this be done online? So it's also something that, that your audience probably yeah, demands you or, or, or expects you to, to, to do so. And I don't think that's going to, that's going to go away. It will probably uh, be a bit more of a compromise, if you will, between uh, between the two. But uh, I don't see it going away. That's that's very reassuring. Um, we uh, actually recently uh, launched some webinars um, that have been, you know, from our point of view, very very successful. Um, and we actually chose um, Webinar Geek. But I'm I'm really intrigued to know what on earth possessed you guys to enter the webinar space when there's some huge players who are very, very successful in the market, um, such as uh, WebEx and Citrix. Um, yeah, well, we, we launched it, I think, five years ago. And you always have to look for something. I mean, if you start a, if you start a company and you do something that, uh, that other companies around are also doing, you have to find your own niche, but also have a look at, okay, what can I contribute to uh, this space? What can I do? be better or different because there's all i mean this whole concept of a webinar is very is very is very big and many people are looking for different things there um and we found that we could have like a an added value in user friendliness so to make it really accessible uh, back when we entered the market many of the uh, the, the the other players were requiring for you for instance to for you to install extra software and streaming was not not that accessible and we we thought we could we could make a difference there um, and also in terms of uh, support because i mean a webinar is challenging in two two ways one is and that's for many companies still the case it's it's new as a concept so you have to find your way into how do i do a webinar how can i make it successful how can i 
get my message across. But there's also a technological aspect aspect of it, and so the challenge is is, is bigger than with something that you already are familiar with. Um, so the way we uh, we do support uh, is something that really makes a difference because we we help people. We are very direct, very approachable, and uh, because we realize that that a lot comes to you if you want to enter webinars as a as a as a user. Okay, and and I mean, in terms of that, what what are the main questions you get? Are they around the technology or around actually doing the webinar? It's actually about doing the webinar, probably. We get a lot of questions around what would your recommendation be as in how do I set up my email flow or how do I invite my attendees? Um, How do I uh, connect? And and then the other part is how do I... uh, position my webinar tool if you will in my as a as a, as a, as a mix with my other tools because many uh, i mean the webinar tool is just part of of your of your marketing mix often you have an, you have an email tool you have a, a crm tool maybe you have a webinar tool and you want to position that as part of that flow because you might want to send your own emails and you might want to grab all these statistics and put them into your crm system so we get a lot of questions around that as well and some some of the questions are are uh, purely technical how do i how do i get my webcam to work or how what's what what would your recommendation as for a webcam would be or a microphone if you will okay um I, and i'm interested to know i mean who's using webinars you can obviously use them for internal um training you can use them for um, communicating with your existing customers or trying to win new customers where do you see people using webinars is it for all three yeah, you see it for all three. Our, the biggest uh, part of our uh, customer base is using webinars for lead generation. So we have many coaches use the platform. Here in the Netherlands, for instance, the, there are a lot of coaches around people that help you with being successful in, uh, in life, in business, or with anything, basically. And they do a webinar to interest a larger group of people into a specific subject and try to convert them into into paying customers, customers that take, take a course or take, uh, take a more individual sessions with, uh, with, with the one that's you doing the webinar. So they use it very much as a, as a sales tool and try to convert uh, yeah, leads into, uh, into customers. But, uh, and the other group is, is indeed, like you say, it's, uh, it's e-learning and education, people that, uh, that, that do live, but most, but many of all of them are also recorded webinars to, uh, to inform their audience about a specific case and then our analytics help you to for instance see okay who watched actually my content and who answered all the questions correctly stuff like that and the third one is indeed internal or external uh, communication uh, especially now with, with with for instance the bigger companies they they need a way to communicate with all of their personnel for instance and webinars is a, are a great tool to to do such a thing so those are the three main ones and we've seen seen it slowly change I mean, there was a lot of lead generation and now we see it used for a lot of different uh things and especially of course due to the whole uh covid period we saw people using it to to do um uh, uh, education like, like teach their students uh, a lot of uh, a lot of I would say uh, gyms, sport lessons online, uh, yoga lessons online, all that sort of stuff. So it has become very, very diverse. And that's a great thing to see, actually, the way that, that you really make a, make a difference to, uh, to, to people, to, to organizations. Yeah. 
That's that's great. I mean, it sounds like it's everything from a single person business up to the the largest companies are are using it. I, I, I'm intrigued to know. I mean, we've started with with uh, a webinar program. How should we measure how successful our webinars are? Okay. That depends a bit on, on which of those use cases you have. I mean, the, the, the first case that I, that I uh, talked about, the, uh, the, the coaches, the one that do mm-hmm. lead generation, they measure it very much on the, on the scale of how much do I sell uh, and, and how much people do I reach. Uh, so you have like uh, maybe 100 registrations and then the measurement is, okay, how many of those 100 do I get to be able to, to watch my webinar, either live or my recorded replay afterwards? Um, but you also have a group of customers that that evaluate their webinars based on, for instance, the evaluation. So they send their, they give an evaluation form right after the webinar to all their viewers. And one of the questions is how valuable was this webinar content for you? And, and they uh, evaluate their webinars based on how well it's rated based on the viewers. Um, and some, yeah, measure it by the number of uh, contacts that they, that they have a longer related, they get a relationship with after the, uh, after the webinar. So that's very diverse. Okay. And, and in terms of, of number of attendees, I, I mean, I, I'm really interested to know, typically how many people would you see attending a webinar? I mean, I'm sure it's a, it's a big range, but um, is there kind of a sweet spot in terms of number of people to make it work well? Hmm. Yeah, it's a big range. I mean, we see webinars with 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 as few as five to ten people, but there's also webinars with up to two thousand people. Uh, in a way, the more you have, the more people you reach. But on the other hand, the more you have, the fewer people you can maybe reach more personal, like answering questions and that sort of stuff. So, um, I don't know the sweet spot between fifty and a hundred is is sort of the average we average we see across the board. So that seems to be sort of the sweet spot into yeah reaching a large audience while still being able to interact with you with 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 the viewers in some way great I, you've mentioned this interaction um at the end answering questions or um uh, you know engaging after the presentation i i mean are there is there any advice on how to approach this to uh you know for example provide questions but without being too demanding on your audience Mm, what do you mean exactly? So, I, I mean, I'd love to ask my, my audience for my webinars about 20 questions after each webinar, and I try and keep it down to, to just a couple. So, you know, is there a, an ideal number of questions or are you better engaging more in a, a live Q&A than um, asking questions um, in the feedback section afterwards? I see. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, it depends a bit on, on, on your, if you, I mean, in the, in the, in the B2B, people generally have more time to actually stay along for your webinar and, and hold on and stick, stick, stick with you after the webinar, even to, to ask their questions. Uh, the Q and A part is often something that works very well. Although um, if you spend a lot of time answering questions that, that for a part of your viewers might not be relevant, they might drop out. So we always try to keep that part a bit short and, 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 and stick it to, and, and stick to the, um, uh, the subject of the webinar as a whole to keep that into the scope because you tend sometimes to have a lot of questions that go very much in detail to maybe someone's personal situation. Um, and then the rest we ask like, yeah, in the evaluation form and in terms of questions between five and 10, uh, that should be sort of the max depending on, 
yeah except if you want to do something like in the in the education market where that's uh, that's maybe mandatory but mm-hmm. yeah so my my say would be in the in the q a that's 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 always a valuable part of the webinar uh but the the the, the challenge there is to keep it within yeah within a certain range that it's still relevant for every every one of your viewers so there seems to be a, a real need to focus when you're doing webinars to make sure you know people are getting what they expect is that fair yeah that's fair we also do uh, we also do q a webinars regularly for 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 our um, users who want to know a bit more in detail uh, specific questions but the challenge there as well is sometimes you have questions that are very detailed to someone's personal situation like hey I have this studio and I have these five cameras and two microphones what kind of uh, devices would you recommend me to use and it's if you go too much into those kind of questions and the rest of the audience will be like it's not really relevant for me I can't learn anything from this so we try to uh, we try to uh, route them back to like okay, we're going to get back to you after the webinar, and then we uh, we use the um, we we follow it up with those individuals later and get into mm-hmm. a bit more detailed, uh, a tailored conversation to someone's specific needs and and questions. Perfect. So we all need to make sure that we we don't get too hung up on a particular question or particular topic. Are, are there any other mistakes you see people making when they they create webinars that? you know, either cause people not to register or um, to lose interest during the webinar? Yeah, I would say still focus is one of the, is one of the key things. Um, and it requires something different as well. I mean, we see many people doing it for the first time and having not have enough practice is something that usually you can see uh, or hear. And the reason is that is, and this is what we hear a lot from, especially people that start with webinars is, hey, it's so weird for me to be talking to a camera rather than talking like I was used to or like I did in, in, like a, in groups, in physical groups of people. And it really takes something different. I mean, you have to be, uh, yeah, you have to almost imagine your audience there and that takes some practice. So uh, like with anything and the more, the more preparation you, the more carefully you prepare uh, things like a webinar, the more effective it will probably be like in terms of uh, you talking about your content um, but also the, the technological aspect of it, the more comfortable you are, the better uh, a webinar often, uh, often goes because it's, your, it's, it's very personal, right? Because you're broadcasting yourself, you're in, in, you're in view, you're, you're audible. Uh, so the more comfortable you appear, the more engaged probably your audience will be. And, and, and that is, has a lot to do with both preparation and a bit of experience because the more often you do it, of course, the more mm-hmm. uh, yeah, comfortable you get with it. No, that, I can certainly relate to that. We, uh, we did a few practice runs of our first webinar and, and in the end we, we recorded it, but it certainly wasn't the first run through. Um, so I, I'm intrigued to know, I mean, you, you, you point out the difference between, um, you know, giving a presentation where you can see the audience and a webinar. Um, there, is there any advice on how to overcome that awkwardness where you get absolutely no feedback because there's no audience in front of you? Yep. Well, one is, one is practice, but there's also another aspect. It's, uh, and that may be also within the preparation. I mean, there is still a, a, a room for feedback and interaction, but you have to prepare some of that. So 
prepare questions, prepare uh, interactions. I use, I personally use a lot of polls. Okay, what is it your first time here or you're already familiar with webinars as a whole? And those kind of questions get the audience sort of engaged and make it more interactive. So then it becomes a little less awkward rather than you spending 30 or 60 minutes nonstop just talking into a camera without any feedback at all. You want to yeah, answer some questions. You want to poll a bit about your audience. You also want to know your audience, right? Because especially in the, the relatively smaller groups, uh, it's not that everyone is the same. It's, it's, the, it's the same in terms of need or where they're from or what kind of company they work for, or what kind of role they have. So you want to get to know your audience a bit. So these poll-like questions about what is your role or how long have you been with this? Or are you familiar with this subject? Those both give you some sense of interaction, which make it less awkward, but also gives you more... Uh, information to make your webinar more uh, personal, more um, relevant for those that are watching. Perfect. Now, that's, that's really good advice. I, I mean, I've tried polls in, in webinars, and obviously one of the issues is, is not everybody responds. How worried should you be um, that not everyone's responding? Is it just that they don't want to respond, or are they actually not listening? <laughs> um, you shouldn't have to worry at all, except when no one responds. That probably, that's probably not a good <laughs> thing, although that depends on your, on your, the size of your uh, viewer group. But um, I sometimes always prepare for that case as well, uh, because I've had some Q&A webinars that were rather small, especially in the early days. And what I learned from that is that I really have to prepare what I'm asking. So uh, if people don't answer on a poll, I sort of have something to say about it. And if no one asks questions, I make sure that I have pre sort of made up questions or questions that were sent in advance ready so I can answer those. So I can still get to have, because yeah, your audience might not even be aware of how many people are watching. So you, you make it appear as if it's a bit yeah, larger and it also makes it less awkward than that silence for you waiting for questions because that also takes some, some seconds, right? For people to actually type in their questions and for you to wait. So it's good to, prepare a bit of that and, and, and make sure that you start already answering questions and get into that. Uh, yeah, get into it too. But uh, overall, if, if unless it's no one responding, I wouldn't be too worried of people not responding. I mean, we see a lot of, this is also how people consume content nowadays. I mean, someone might be on their work computer in front of their laptop and they're very engaged, but someone might be just listening a bit and doing something else in the background. Someone might be on their phone where it not, might not be that handy to start a chat message or to answer a poll or something like that. So um, yeah, you have to be aware that your audience can be anywhere on any, in any environment. Perfect. That's, that's relieved a lot of stress for me now. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, just looking at the, the presentation itself, is there any advice you can give people when they're creating the slides for the webinars? I mean, how does do slides for webinars differ from a normal face-to-face -face presentation? Would you think? Not that much, actually. I've looked at I've looked at <laughs> a lot of slide decks over the last uh, few years, and they don't differ that much. The most of them follow a, a very straight-out path, as in, uh, yeah, like the typical your typical sales presentation, like a build-up. You tell something about yourself, like a personal story of or how you who you are and then what you've done, and then you go into explaining something to 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 uh, to tell about your subject matter and then at the end it's sort of more the interactive part so i would of course we see we see things on both sides of the edge uh, 
many some people have like a large slide deck. I've seen people having 600 slides and basically have every sentence that they say to they print it on a slide, which is it looks kind of funny. But if if that works for for someone, then and then, then who am I to uh, to say something about that? But <laughs> um, yeah, it's just with any presentation, I mean, you want to keep it you want to keep it brief. You don't want to put too much information on your slide. You want to you don't want to bomb people within over overwhelm people with 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 information. Right? You wanna you wanna focus there as well is, is something that is important and, uh, and and this helps a lot with practice as well i mean i've seen many first timers do their presentation in front of friends or family and that really helps them to to improve their story and, and this is the nice thing about webinars as well i mean so we have users who do the same sort of webinar like weekly for instance and then you really see their story evolve because they learn a lot they learn a lot from feedback from questions uh, and some decide at some point, okay, this is my my perfect presentation. I'm gonna use that recording and and convert it into an automated webinar, for instance, which is a webinar that uh, will be broadcasted as if it's live, but actually it's a recording. So it's sort of the stress-free version of a, of a webinar. Um, and some just make it up as they go. I mean, it's yeah, that's a very personal thing as well. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting you bring up recordings. A lot of our uh, clients will record webinars and offer them on demand afterwards. I, I mean, do, do you see um, that those on-demand webinars can be as successful or more successful than the live event? Probably more successful. And probably the combination is the strongest of all, where you spend a lot of time into your live event. I mean, you spend a lot of energy at it, and you have some a lot of viewers and interest. And this is also where... Uh, the earlier thing that I talked about, about subscribers versus viewers, it's not that if only 50 of the 100 are watching, it's bad. I mean, you still have your recording and we see the, the value of the recording being becoming much more stronger in over the recent years. Also because yeah, your recording lasts forever. So you can, you can still engage with your audience for a longer period of time. Um, plus if you, yeah, if you spend so much time on it, also preparing your talk, you might want to offer those recordings as a whole or maybe replace your live webinars with automated webinars. Um, but your recording is always there. So you can always, when you put it on your website or put it, make it part of your, your, your email flow or your newsletters. And uh, this is also how people are more and more used to consume content, right? We don't always want to watch something at a specific date and time. We want to consume video whenever it suits us best uh, and webinars are just another part of that and this is also how i do it i uh, sometimes i'm invited for webinars and i'm like hmm, it's, it's not the right time for me i'm just gonna subscribe anyway so i can watch a recording later when it's uh, when it's convenient for me um, and i might be even more focused at that point because i really made time for it and and, and i uh, yeah i i, I really want to watch it Perfect. One of the things that you mentioned right at the start that I'd like to go back to is a lot of people are doing webinars to generate new leads. Um, is there a trick to getting people who aren't familiar with you or your brand to, to come along to a webinar? Um, what's the best way to, to market that webinar to people who perhaps don't know you very well? Hmm. It depends a bit. There are many ways, of course. I mean, the the, the most common ways is your is your good old email and the newsletters that are still a, a valuable way of of inviting someone to tag along for your webinar. Uh, we see a lot of our customers who use uh, advertisements like Facebook advertising or LinkedIn advertising or Google advertising to to get people to register for your webinar. But 
one side note I want to make there is that what we sometimes see is that um, the more accessible you make it for someone to register, for instance, I'm going to do a Facebook ad and I'm going to make it in such a way that people only have to click and then they're registered. What you might get is that a lot lot of people register, but very few will actually watch your webinar. So sometimes it's more about quality leads than quantitative leads. Um, and and I think that is very important as well to to uh, um, to take into account and also who is your audience. I mean, we see a very gene- a very generic way of inviting people, and you get a lot of people to 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 register for your webinar, but but half of them is not even within your intended audience. So um, it's very good to think about to ask yourself those two questions in advance. Okay, who who do we want to target? And you have to the more detailed the better. And how do I target? Where are my where are my potential viewers? Are they are they on LinkedIn or are they on Facebook or are they in are they they're reading magazines or are they yeah that that that's and that's a very personal or yeah relative thing to your organization. And I guess that's back to the uh, the focus message as well, isn't it? It's focus on the people you want to attend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, for me personally, focus is is very important in everything. I mean, it's also as as a company. I mean, we. We are a webinar tool. We are part. We are we are active in the market of online communication. But the market of online communication is also very big. So we, uh, so we might also become a meeting tool or uh, do something else with the video. But focus is very important to to stay somewhere and to choose for something and then be very good at the thing you're focused on because yeah. Uh, like we all like we all know the more things you uh, you want to be good at and in the end you're you're not going to be good at anything right so yeah absolutely perfect good good advice again back to that 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 focusing and uh, making sure um, you get the valuable people rather than just going for I guess the vanity metric of the you know the biggest number of registrations or attendees I'm um, so, so if somebody's been listening to this and they're, and they're keen to start a webinar, but they, they've not done it before, I mean, how do they go about it? How difficult is it to launch your first webinar? It's very, very, very easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is, I mean, it is easy. I mean, you have to prepare for it just like with anything. Um, and there's, like I said, there's two things. There's the, the, the content side of things. You want to make a, a good presentation. You want to have a good story to tell, but you also want to take care of the te- technical part, right? You want to, you want to present the best version of yourself. So it might make sense to invest in that microphone or that webcam that is a bit better than my built-in webcam. Um, and the same goes for your internet connection. You want to make sure that it works well. And video streaming is a, is a bit of a different thing than, than just internet browsing. Is it, uh, is it wise to be uh, on a Wi-Fi network where the receiver is uh, two floors down? Those things you have to, to think about, but also they, they should be part of your preparation. So um, in general, we see that it might take up to one, two weeks before someone, if someone runs through the whole thing of preparation of content, uh, technology preparation, uh, practicing with, 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 with family, friends, colleagues, uh, fine-tuning the presentation, apparently the, the interaction part. I mean, in theory, you could start a webinar in 10 minutes or five minutes, but if you're very new to the whole concept, you probably want to take a bit more time and, 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 and do it well. Um, yeah, that would be my, my advice to actually use those one, two weeks. I mean, 
uh, the, 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 the many software like, like ourselves, we offer a, a trial period of, of two weeks. So you, you want to use that period to actually not only test the tool, but also test your story, test how you, how you, how you are in front of a camera. I mean, it's not for everyone as well. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's something as well that you have to, if you're in a company, you have to, okay, think about who, who is best suited to talk in front of a, a camera without an audience. Uh, yeah, ask yourself questions. And I mean, a lot of webinars, particularly in our industries, the, the, it just shows the slides and not the presenter. You've mentioned a couple of times about being in front of the camera there. Is it important to, to show your face as well as um, showing the slides? I would say so. It makes it more personal uh, rather than hearing to an, uh, to an audio conversation. But this also, we see, I see this being very flexible. Uh, a lot of those lead generation sales kind of webinars, they start with the camera and the slide. And then the presenter often makes the decision, I'm going to uh, hide myself from the view and I'm just going to show my content because that's where I, and here again, focus. That's where I want the focus of my my viewers to be so i don't want them to look at me but look at my content and hear my story immerse in my story and then at the end they're gonna pop up again and, and then do the more personal q a part so uh, but overall i think it's good for every anyone if they if, if your if your audience can identify with yourself know who they're talking with i mean business is a very personal thing in the end right so uh, yeah trust trust and 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 um, it's something that, that yeah, it helps if, if at least at some point in your webinar you're in front of the camera, but uh, don't worry if, uh, if, uh, if you don't want to be for in front of the camera for like the whole hour or two hours, that's, I think that's totally fine. But, uh, um, yeah, I think it's, it, and I know what you're talking about because I followed a lot of webinars in, 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 in earlier days and it was always traditionally very much audio and slides, but, uh, I, for me, my experience is much better if I, can see someone at least at some point in the story as well perfect okay um in terms of, of how you're doing at webinar geek i'm really interested to know you know presumably you've been incredibly busy recently with um people working from home uh, how are you going to follow what i guess is a, a big increase in use um in terms of driving growth over the next year yeah the last few months have been uh have been quite hectic for us, but uh, in a good way. I'm not complaining at all. It was, uh, it's, it's very, um, it's, it's a very, uh, uh, yeah, healthy period to be in from a business uh, perspective, and we learn a lot. And this is also the, the example I gave earlier about. Let's put, let's take one of those examples: the, uh, the, 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 the gyms or the sport or the yoga type of webinars. We see, we saw a big increase, and it really, it helps us to also identify who we are and and what. Uh, what kind of tool we are and how people use you. I mean, you might know, you might think of yourself, okay, we're, we're this company and we're doing this, but if you're, if your audience is doing it, is using it in an entirely different way, you have to anticipate. So we took that last few months as, a, and, and still take this time to, to, as a learning period for us to learn more about uh, our customers, our users, um, to learn more about how online communication is shaping up to be and how it's evolving and and that helps us a lot and 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 helps us to also focus on 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 the right things in terms of taking it to the uh taking it to the next level help people to to um uh, to to make the most of of their webinars and and help people to make the most out of their 
their content and recordings. That, that's, that's an area where we have a lot of focus on currently because so much content is produced. So many webinars are going on. So this means a lot of recordings and we want to give our users the tools to actually use those recordings, embed them on your website or put them on a dedicated recording page. Uh, use those recordings for automated webinars so you can generate leads or have viewers like all the time, 24 hours a day almost. So we, we're working very hard on making those, building those tools that can make you use your content for, yeah, for a longer period in a more, um, uh, and, 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 and reach your view, your, your audience. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I mean, if people are listening to this and they, they'd like to get started and, and try running a webinar, um, how, how would they, uh, you know, get a subscription to um, Webinar Geek and what would they need to do? Yeah, so um, Webinar Geek is at webinargeek.com. And uh, like I said, we offer a two-week uh, free trial so you can uh, use it uh, without any uh, obligations. And we are uh, we are available on uh, on a live chat, which means you can talk to us at almost any time. And, uh, and we're happy to help not only in the in the technical part of it, but also the... Um, um, yeah, the how, how best practices and tips or references. We have a lot of blogs on how you can actually do webinars, how to present in front of your camera, what clothes to wear even, or how to talk, or what to, how to build up your presentation, how to invite your audience, and, and how to, and again, how, how webinar, are your webinar tool is part of your, your marketing mix. How can we connect your webinars to your email tool, to your CRM tool, to other tools that you use? And, and uh, there's a lot of possibilities, and uh, I like saying yes to almost anything and almost anything <laughs> is possible. And, uh, but my general tip would be to start small, start just with a webinar. Don't go all out fancy. Like I want to integrate with every platform and I want to do a whole studio approach. Keep it simple, get some experience, learn from your webinars, learn from the response that you get from your audience and, and build upon from there and also see for yourself and determine, okay, what. How do I, this yeah, relating to your question, how do I, uh, what's, what for me is a, a metric that can tell me something about how successful I am? When is this successful for me? Perfect. No, that's great. And um, I'm not, not sure if you're going to want to do this um, because you've said almost anything is possible. So you may get some requests, but um, if people wanted to contact you, where, where's the best place to uh, reach you? I personally can be reached at uh, Remy at uh, webinargeek.com, R-E-M-Y. Uh, but you can also talk with us uh, at any time uh, on the website. There's uh, this, uh, this, this bubble icon, the chat icon, and uh, drop your question anytime. And uh, if, you, if, you, if you mention my name, I might be, I might be answering myself even. Perfect. Now, that, that, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Remy. I know you're, you're really busy at the moment and really appreciate it. And it's been a fascinating overview of, uh, of how to run webinars successfully. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing B2B Tech. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast application. If you'd like to know more, please visit our website at napierb2b.com or contact me directly on LinkedIn.